today on The Breakdown. It's a 25K high roller event, and we've got two big-time players, high roller-type players. That's right. It's Adrian Mateos, one of the very best in the world, against Makita Badzikowski, one of the very best in the world. Not only do they both flop well, but they also both make very interesting decisions, not just on the flop, although the flop is very non-standard, I would say. Uh, Turn is a little surprising. River is very surprising. Turn, maybe not so much. River's very, very surprising also. I got to tell you, I don't know. I don't know if these are right. We're going to look into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, so I like I feel like for me, and I think we've discussed this in the past, Jonathan, Makita Badzikowski is one of those super high rollers who so many of his decisions feel like almost wrong to me. And we, I think we were talking about this when we did the Sam Greenwood hand when yeah. Makita ended up winning the hand against Sam Greenwood with the craziest line ever with the ace queen of diamonds for Sam Greenwood. But Makita, like it was overshadowed by Greenwood, but Makita also took a weird line with his hand, which was just like a weak top pair where he, he took aggressive actions and it felt strange. I mean, I actually was fine with the aggressive actions because Sam was so short, but it was weird that Makita basically raised, Sam bet one blind. He started the hand with 11 blinds. He bets one blind on the flop because he limps pre. Makita, who flops top pair, no kicker with a king, raised, check raises, but raises small, right? And then Sam goes all in and Makita doesn't really know what to do. Like, yeah. Makita doesn't have a, like, you would think when Sam's that short, Makita would have a very clear plan and would, like, just instantly call or yep. instantly fold, but mostly instantly call when he's got a hand of this value. And instead, he, like, really thinks about it before he calls. And that, that was confusing to me. That, that yeah. And, and I feel like we often see Makita doing stuff. He was featured pretty heavily in one of the million dollar super high or 300K super high roller bowls where he was making a bunch of plays that, you know, it felt like by, by general good player logic, he's making these what seem like mistakes just feels mm-hmm. like raising the wrong hands and stuff like that, like on the flop. But we're doing solver work now and we've, we've put this hand through, through the solver. And I think maybe he's one of these guys who's actually trying to play solver. Perfect. He's not really an exploit guy because some of the decisions that he makes that kind of baffle me, the solver likes a lot more than I expected. Yes. I agree. You know what I that. mean? I don't know that he's trying to play solver. Perfect. But at least against certain opponents, he is. Cause I can think of like him playing against Tony G in the super high roller cash game that recently happened where he sure. lost some ungodly amount of money to Tony G where he tried to bluff him on the river. Tony G just, of course, I think Tony G bet called with like King nine on a King high board on the river. Cause it's Tony G. Um, and uh, Badzikas is clearly just going for a massive exploit there against Tony based on what felt like capped ranges and things. Anyway, let's get into this, though, because there's some whack yeah, stuff maybe, to talk maybe about. Maybe Adrian Mateos is a guy he's going to try to play solver perfect against, which would make sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. All right. So this was suggested by Max Sawyer. Nice job, Max. Max is, you know, in the running. He's in the running, man. He's in the running. Despite all of your hate, he's in the I running. Mean, does that guy belong, though, <laughs> to anybody or anything? <laughs> yeah. Does he deserve what he what, what you're giving? Right he does because he does it right, man. He suggested it on Twitter. We are the poker guys on Twitter. He included a YouTube link. He told us what time the hand began. He did all those things. He also even included that there are only five players get paid in this event, and they're not close to that. So we didn't even have to like figure out ICM stuff because he, he did that for us. That you, was a nice little thing. You are such a pushover. What? You don't... You, don't you are such an insane... Oh, guess what? 
<laughs> oh, Max Sawyer brought me a cracker. Put him in the Hall of Fame. That's you. So you don't like... This the, rich cracker is wonderful. You don't like the additional information he provided that helps us and makes it so we have to do less work? You don't like that, Jonathan? I, I do like You don't want to encourage people to do that? I don't want to put people in the Hall of Fame or up on Mount Rushmore, which you're kind of implying he might be going to just because they do one extra step, even though it's a nice step and a helpful step and one that I appreciate. You know, you did. There's, admit, a, there's, a, there's an in between. You there. recently, there was a long string of time when Max Sawyer was doing a lot of suggesting, and you yeah. were like, "Yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer." Are you, yeah. are you reneging on that? That's not my point. Are you? My, that's not what I'm saying. Are you? I'm not saying that. I'm like Rafael Primero right now in the, <laughs> the hearings. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> they're asking him questions, and he's sort of answering, but he's not really answering. I'm not talking about whether he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about you want to you want to put him up on Mount Rushmore because he like included one extra piece of information about whether they were in the money or not. And you know what I say to that? I say fuck off, Grant. First of all, that's, that's crazy. Not, that's that's an this is a this is a, a hallowed a hallowed institution. That is a completely inaccurate recounting of history, <laughs> and I'm upset. I'm upset. You got to You got it. What are the gatekeepers? Okay. This is how the poker guys ends. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end right now. You know, we could have a duel and just whoever lives gets to continue on. That seems fair. Whoever dies, you know, is fine. What are, what are they passed on to the next? What are the implements row. of the duel? Well, you could call it. What do you want? Crossbow. Crossbow. You can have a crossbow. I'll take something else. <laughs> how about that? You can have a, an orange. <laughs> I'll take an orange, but if it if I'm with like a, I need a particular weapon with the orange. <laughs> a bazooka. A banana. How about a bazooka? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. We said we were going to do a short podcast. Oh, we lied. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. All right. So this is another short, like a pretty short stack tournament hand, which we've been doing a decent amount of recently. Yeah, people keep suggesting Max Sawyer hands like that. Despite this being short stacked, it is really quite a fascinating hand. It really is. Yeah. It's uh, 30K, 60K are the blinds. Makita is on the button. He's the effective stack with 1.24 million, so about 21 blinds in his stack. And he opens to 125K with Ace of Diamonds, Jack of Clubs on the button. Of course, he's going to call if either blind shoves on him with this stack in this position with Ace Jack. Yeah, and against this field, this is like an easy call. Right. I mean, in some of the $500 tournaments we play, we might open Ace Jack with the intent of folding to, yes. to a shove, but not in this case. Yes. Right. Uh Adrian Mateos is in the big blind. He's got 1.5 million in his stack, so just a little bit more than Makita. And he's got King of Diamonds, Seven of Spades. He makes the call. That seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. The pot is 340,000. And this is where things start to get a little bit what I would consider non standard. The flop is Jack of Diamonds, Seven of Hearts, Seven of Diamonds. So top, top for Makita, but of course, Adrian has flopped a seven with the second best kicker to. Destroy the ace jack. That is non-standard. Yeah, you'd expect ace jack to outflop king seven. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the 60, time. 60% of the time or so, yeah. you know? So, Adrian checks. Is there any reason to donk? I mean, look, there's always a reason to donk, right? And um, But no, we shouldn't be donking here, I don't think, as Adrian. Especially when our opponent is so short. Like, if we were deep, there's a lot more value in donking than there is yeah. right now. I, I think it seems like there's just going to be a C-bet a lot on this board, I would think. And, yeah, uh, a 7-7 seven, seven jack board. There is a flush draw, but it's dry enough that there's, yeah, pretty much always going to be a C-bet. I mean, we as Adrian, we're calling so wide in the big blind. We have so many folds if he bets here, right? We just have a lot of hands that it just can't continue. So, so many. And he knows that. Everyone knows that. So I, I feel like this is a pretty clear, let's let him bet. He's just going to bet so much of the time. 
Seems right. Should Makita indulge Adrian and bet with ace check on this board? 100%. It feels very much like that, yes. Um, I don't see any reason not to. I mean, you're going to bet this board when you don't have it. You got ace jack on jack 7-7. Seven, seven. Let's go. That sounds right to me, man. Like, of course you want to bet this, right? Like, you've got a great... This is a great hand. You have the ace of diamonds in your hand, so you do block a flush draw. But boy, you know what? I can think of some pretty good second best hands that would give us a full double up, you know? Yeah. Like king jack or queen jack or jack oh, 10. Almost maybe. any jack. Almost any jack. Probably not going to find a fold if, if scary cards don't come. Right. 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 So that's cool. So with 340 in the pot, if you were in Makita's seat, how much would you be betting? Um, we don't have to bet very big, I think, because there's going to be, A, a lot of folds automatically on this, you know, the queen yeah. fives of the world and the whatever um, other babies of the world, the five four whatever, suited or offsuit. Actually, yeah, I think Adrian five can have either 5-4. Yeah, 8-4. Eight six hands like that. I, I think they're just all folding. Yeah. So we don't have to bet very big, but it is a little bit wet. Um, there's 340k in the pot, right? Yeah. Um, I think I personally would bet something like 110. Okay. So like a little less than my original bet, but not super super tiny. Yeah, that seems about right to me. Makita goes even smaller. Yeah. He bet 75k into 340. This I is. Mean, very small. It feels like he's trying to induce, but maybe he just always bets super tiny on this board. I, assume, might, I assume he kind of does. I, yeah, you, you must assume that, right? Yeah. All right. So does this feel like a raise or a call for Adrian with King 7? Seven? 7-7 seven, seven Jack. Uh, that's a fair question. The only reason not to raise is because we're afraid we're going to lose our customer. And if our customer is going to keep bluffing, it would sort of suck to lose him. It feels like when Makita bets this size, he almost always has to follow it up with a turn bet if he gets called. A lot of the time. anyway. I mean, he can shut down. He hasn't put in that many chips. True. Um, but it's just that Adrian's going to call with like king queen and hands like that. Probably. Yes. You know, he is. Um, there's just, but but, you know, that's where Makita, if he's got a bad ace, he could just decide to check. Yeah. Things like that. I think the question we have to ask ourselves as Adrian really is, number one, is Makita going to keep bluffing on the turn? Number two, how many bluffs do we have if we raise here? If we have a lot of bluffs, we should probably, this is a pretty good hand to raise. If we have all of the gut shots, then we should raise as bluffs. I assume we have diamonds a fair amount of the time. We have some gut shots for sure, right? And the question is just how many. King seven is one of the best sevens we can have. It's a pretty reasonable raise. Yeah, I think I think we should lean towards raising right now. I agree, and I w- especially with two diamonds out there and yeah. the shortness of stacks, it just feels like let's see if we can get it in against a jack or an overpair or something. Even jack five five is a much less. We're gonna have way less bluffs, and maybe we can't raise king yeah. seven all the time. But jack seven seven, we just have we have a bunch of gutters. I think. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. Um, Adrian does decide to raise, but this is the first thing that's kind of interesting from the solver. Mm-hmm. It only wants Adrian to raise 48% of the time. It wants him to call the other 52% of the time. Uh, that's specifically when he has the king of diamonds in his hand, which he does. Right. If, if Adrian were to have king seven without the king of diamonds, it would want him to raise in the 90s in the percentage wise, like always raise basically. But because Adrian blocks flush right. draws, it wants him to call some of the time. Yeah. Which 36%. is interesting. You know? Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Uh, it just thinks there's so little less action it can get, I guess, right? By having the king of diamonds in his hand. Yeah. And so it's like, well, let's not scale. Let's like keep some of those bluffs alive, man. So a third of the time you can call. I just, I feel like I would just be raising all the time though. Yeah. Personally. But it, but it is interesting how just having the king of diamonds, and it makes sense why. 
But just having the king of diamonds is the difference between, you know, like raising 90% of the time or raising 64% of the time. You know, that's like big difference. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It is. All right. So, but yeah, I would just raise this. I'm with you. So this is where things start to be like the Makita bad Zakowski does weird stuff show. It's, if this feels like a very clear call to me for the most part. Once Adrian raises. Adrian does race to 210K yeah. over the 75K, yeah. which is still, you know, 130K smaller than the original pot size of on the flop. So maybe that has something to do with this. But Makita clicks it back yeah. to 345K with Ace Jack. This is interesting. This is certainly not something that would be my first choice or come to mind. You know, if I were to, to three bet, it would probably be because I'm so short and it's like, whatever, we're getting it in. It's right. fine with this stack, but it would be like a more of a move-in type raise if I were to do it. I mean, you're basically... Now, we have the Ace of Diamonds in our hand as Makita, so, but we are pricing in kind of all the draws. Maybe not the gutters, but we're pricing in the diamonds, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe he makes it this small to give like the gutters a chance to feel like they can shove. Because I don't know what else he's doing here. Right, I mean, like, I feel like... He only has 770 back anyway. Like if Adrian this. has jack 10 and is for some reason check raising this board. Yeah. Do you think he's calling with enough of a different frequency for the clickback versus like the shove that it makes it more valuable to click back? I believe he's calling all jacks for a shove. Then it's then I don't I really don't like it if that's the case. I mean, then what you're doing is Makita is trying to induce, right? Or or keep the draws alive. Yeah, I guess. I don't that's all I can think of. But it's weird when we have the Ace of Diamonds, there's just less draws. Maybe we feel like if we, with having the Ace of Diamonds in our hands, they'll cut... Like, the Ace X of Diamonds is often going to be a three-bet pre anyway. So maybe it's not as maybe, vital maybe as Maybe that's think. why it's not as vital, but it really does feel to me like if we're going to three-bet Ace Jack on this board, I would not want to have the Ace of Diamonds. I want Adrian to have the chance to blast off with the nut flush draw, yeah. which we have like 65% equity against. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So... It seems weird to me that that this is the case, but he does. He's like, I'm raising. I'm yeah. clicking it back. And he's clearly not doing this to fold, right? No, I don't think he, he thinks can. he has the best hand a lot here and thinks showing a little strength is not a bad idea. It wouldn't occur to me. I would want to call to bluff catch like crazy on the turn. I'm in position. I yeah. feel fine about it. Um, I wouldn't be folding to, I think, Literally any turn card. When there's no turn card that I would fold on. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like we don't really love seeing a diamond, but then we have the nut flush draw at least. Right. The, like the 10 of diamonds is kind of the worst thing, but we have the ace of diamonds in our hand. Like you're yeah. saying, an offsuit 10, it's like, well, that isn't great. Jack 10, 8, 9, but whatever. Yeah. Like, guess what? I can think of hands I'm beating. You know, it's fine. Um, I would just, I'd feel very, it, yeah. it just wouldn't occur to me to click it back. I would either move in. I think I would often move in when I'm this short, but if I wasn't moving in, I would call. Yeah, so this is where, like, this is one of the main things that I derived my thought of, like, maybe Makita's trying to play solver perfect, because that was a decision that both of us thought was strange, right, from yeah. the three-bet. But when given the options of that three-bet clickback or or just calling, the solver wants Makita to three-bet 78% of the time with his hand. It's actually, maybe this is because we, we changed some things, but I can tell you, looking at it right now, it doesn't want him to three bet seventy eight percent of the time oh, anymore with well the that, ace of diamonds in his hand. It want, it does want it, that is still it wants him to three bet and it wants him to three bet at that size actually the most of all his options. But it's really close between that and a call. Okay, so it ends up being about like fifty five because there's three different numbers for the three different ace jacks. But it's about fifty five percent of the time it wants him to three bet to this size, the clickback three bet, and then the rest of the time is a call with almost no all ins. Like I mean, all ins are like less than 
that's that's still very surprising to me. me too. No, exactly. It feels me like too. such a clear call to me, and it, it does think the EV difference. At least the solver used to think the EV difference versus calling is negligible for when he does the three bet. So it's really not like a huge expected value difference, just for the sake of balance, I guess, because he wants to have more three bet bluffs here. Mm-hmm. It's weird to have a three bet bluff click back, but I guess you're going to have to have some of that if you're going to be clicking back a hand like Ace Jack. I mean, I guess you just have to. Yeah. It's hard to come up with what those things would be. I got to tell you. But, I mean, I'm looking at the range. I guess I can figure out some of them as I look. But there isn't too much. I guess, yeah, you know what it is? It's the gut shots, really. I guess it's probably some of the diamonds, too. So this Uh, is a, like, it becomes weird for Adrian, right? It's like, what hand would you play like this? Yeah. Like, what are you clicking back with? So... I guess you're worried a little bit about Jack Jack and a little bit about Ace Seven, but I mean, it's not. It's still super weird to play those hands like this. It is, yeah. Like you think a call or a shove is usually what you'd see, not a click back. It's very, it's very odd. Like Jacks have nothing to be. Pocket Jacks has nothing to be afraid of. In position, short as hell. Now seems really strange to click it back. Like you're gonna. Why would you want to lose your customer? Like I would call. I think almost always with Jacks here and. Happily get it in on the turn and not think anything of it, you know? Yeah. So it seems very odd. It seems hard to put them on jacks, but it, it's hard to put them on anything. It is. It is. So how do you want to proceed with one of the best hands in our range then is Adrian? We have king seven, right. jack seven, seven, two diamond board. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with just putting the rest of the chips in here and being like, so be it. I agree. I agree completely. I think it's fine to move in. I think it's fine to call... Um, the reason that I will say the solver has a very strong opinion about this. Yeah, the solver wants him to call. The solver wants him to call because he has the king of diamonds in his hand. Actually. Ah, I see. So if he doesn't have the king of diamonds in his hand, he has all the other king sevens. Sixty percent of the time or so, it wants him to raise, and the rest it wants him to call. With the king of diamonds in his hand, it wants him to call ninety-two percent of the time and only raise eight percent of the time. Just so, because we've reduced the hands that that we can actually get called by that we have in equity jail by having the king of diamonds. Um, yes, I think that's right. That's right. So, yeah. I mean, I still... Or, I mean, also just hands that we can get called by... Forget about equity jail. Just hands we can get called by, period. Right? Sure. We would just block, like... Like, if he has pure bluffs, he's going to fold. Yeah. We, so we have a hand that wouldn't, you know, blocks some of the good bluffs, the semi-bluffs. Right. That is true. So, yeah. I mean, I get calling. I do. It's a three-bet. It's weird. There's not that many post-flop three-bets in poker. No. And you kind of assume anyway, like, okay, we're probably getting it on the turn. You have the king of diamonds in your hand. You're like... It can't be that bad. Like, there's no card. As I, Mateos, have king seven here on this jack seven, seven, two diamond board with the king of diamonds in my hand. I'm not folding on any card on a shove on the turn. It doesn't matter what it is. A jack, I'm not folding. Jack is the worst, but yeah. But I'm still definitely not folding based on on the stack sizes. Even the action makes me not want to fold anyway because it's hard to put him on just a jack here when he three bets. Yeah, it's so weird. So it feels like if I decide to call, I'm calling with the intention of just like, Check getting it all in on the turn pretty much every time. Yeah. And that seems, that seems like a reasonable thing to do where we might lose our opponent. Also, it's just so hard to put them on any kind of value hand that makes sense here. I almost like a check better because I'm afraid of shoving and losing my opponent. You mean a call? I'm afraid right now of shoving and losing him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I'd rather call. Yeah, you said check. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Got that's it. what I'm getting at. Um, gotcha. Yeah. 
I think I think that all makes sense, especially considering the stack to pot ratio that we're going to end up with if we call, where Makita's yeah. going to have about a seventy five percent of the pot left. I mean, so like it feels like he's going to shove almost all turns. I mean, he may have some bluffs. He just decides to give up by now when we call. Yeah, but he was going to fold those anyway, right? Right, and so like it's fine. Give and yourself there, a shot to let him have a bluff here, and it's also possible Makita's doing one of those things where he's got a gut shot. And he's got, but he's like, well, I'm going to shove any diamond also. And we're like, go ahead. Yeah. We have the king of diamonds and trip sevens. We're, we have all, even if you have diamonds, we have outs. And if you don't have diamonds, I've got you crushed. It's fine either way, you know? It so. is. Yeah. So I think, I think I do prefer a call when I think about it. Yeah. Uh, so Adrian does call. And now, of course, as I mentioned, the stack to pot ratio is going to be kind of absurd. Yes. With Makita with 770K remaining in his stack and the pot is 1.03 million. Which is uh, how much our book is worth? One point oh three million. If you get first edition signed ten years from now, ooh baby! Oh, you, I mean, you have to put that in mylar and you know really protect it from the elements. You really should. Don't even read it. No, you can't read it. No, no, you have a reading copy, which is like the third printing. Yeah, but you have to buy that now. Yeah, you have to buy it now. We'll send you the third printing now. Don't worry about it. We'll yeah, we'll know what you mean when you yeah. buy two books. I mean, actually, it's an on-demand print book, so every. Every book that is ordered is a new printing. So you're kind of safe that way. You're kind of undermining the whole premise. <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah, yeah, what have you done? Anyway, what don't, you... Don't do that. The book is called <laughs> How Can He Fold? Yeah. Uh, it's available on Amazon. You can get it through our website as well, thepokerguys.net, uh, where you can get the ebook. You can also get a link to Amazon from, from there. It gets you right to that book page. It's a book that is 37 hands. Jonathan and I do text conversations on the deepest, most succulent analysis that you can possibly imagine yes where we spent a year doing this um starting with the least complex hands although there's still a lot to learn there ending with the most complex hands that'll just make your little head spin Mm -hmm. and uh we think it's a lot of fun to read and you'll actually learn by reading it as well i don't see what's wrong with that (laughs) me either grant feels feels like all of the haters out there should know that there's nothing wrong with that and there aren't any haters of course because the amazon reviews are quite good they are actually and uh, by the way, speaking of Amazon reviews, it would really help us out if you guys would review the book if you've bought it and read it and enjoy it, because that makes it a lot more likely that the book gets a little bigger, makes it a lot more likely that we write another book. So if you want that to happen, please leave us an Amazon review. Um, anyway, we had a lot of fun writing it. We think you'll have a lot of fun reading it. I'm going to read the uh, review of the week, the Amazon and, review of the week right. right now. Guess who wrote this? Jackie Burkhart. Oh, all right. Friend hey. of the podcast. Just three days ago, she wrote... Great book, fun read, and educational. This book is a real page turner. Easy to digest in an afternoon, but also you can really dive in, get some educational and training benefit by analyzing some of the details of the more complex hands. Well, that was nice. Thank I you. I like that. You know, I feel like that was a nicer thing she wrote than when she wrote us personally to say that she had read the book, where she's like, I just finished it. It took like, me a few what, months to get through what'd you, it. What would you think? <laughs> She's like, it was, it was fun. You know? So this is like way more. Oh, Jackie, I guess you did like it. Anyway, listen to Jackie Burkhart by the book. Yeah. You can see the link in the description of this podcast, by the way, to our website where you can get that. All right. So okay. we've got 1.03 million in the pot and 770K in young Makita Badzikowski's stack. He's got ace jack with the ace of diamonds on the jack 772 diamond board. He's been check raised by Adrian Mateos who has king seven with a king of diamonds. He then three bet and got called by Adrian. The turn is the king of clubs. So it doesn't functionally change anything for Adrian versus Makita's hand. It's still just a jack that, mm-hmm. will, that will beat him. Um, but, you know, it feels a little better just in case Makita had a seven. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. So now, now he's filled up, and flush draws can't get him now. That, I think that's the better thing, is that he's now immune to the draws. Right. So it feels like, based on the flow of this hand, there's no way Adrian can lead now, right? That would just be weird. Um, it would be very strange to lead. Like, if we were going to lead, we probably should have just shoved the flop, right? Now, we just we improve so much, we're not afraid of the draws. We really want him to shove... We either want him to shove his draw or we want him to make us draw on the river and shove. Yeah. You know, like, whatever. Either is fine. I guess he's allowed to have King Jack, too, but it seems hard to believe he'd play King Jack like this. So it's no surprise that Adrian does check. Yes. It's no surprise that the solver wants him to check his entire range. Yep. 100% of the time. Yep. Because of the way the hand flowed out, I guess. So, Makita now is in kind of a spot. And I guess this is the type of spot you put yourself in when you make these unconventional decisions like he did on the flop. Mm. How is he supposed to proceed? How is he supposed to proceed even if it's not a king? Like, is he supposed to be betting this turn? I mean, when we three bet the flop, we're three betting thinking like sometimes, I guess, to induce against some of the draws, but we're really, we're really taking on the draws, right? That's why we're three betting the flop. Yeah. We're trying to charge them maximum and not like get in a spot where we get screwed if we can avoid it. Um, so it's reasonable to bet here, even though it's a king, I think. I guess. I mean, the concern being the king and queen offsuit being hands that Mateus could have now are like queen X or king X of diamonds yes. that he's never going to fold the turn with. And yep. we're in complete jail against. I mean, king jack ain't great either. I don't know if, McKe- I don't know if Adrian's going to check raise king jack, but he might when we're this short. He might. So that, but, but like we're kind of screwed anyway. You know, if he has king jack, like he's going to probably just put us in on the river. And are we actually going to, if it's a brick river, we're calling. Probably. I assume we're calling. I don't know. Based on the three bet on the flop, maybe we can make some other decisions. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe Adrian has draws. He can have draws. Of course, we have the ace of diamonds in our hands, which cuts down on some of them. It all gets weird. Um, I certainly understand the reasons for checking here. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like checking. I think I feel like checking and figuring it out on the river. I think in real life, I check this kind of always, but I understand why you would decide not to. You're like, well, if I took this line... I'm trying to charge the draws. In real life, you're never here, though. Like, never you're in a million Levin, years. I know, Levin but I'm saying if I took here. this, if I got to this, as yeah. played, we're here now, right? Right. Um, we're charging the draws. So I can understand the idea of like, all right, well, let's charge it. Do we think we're getting called if we effectively shove by Jack-10 and Queen-Jack and hands like that? I think that's an important element to whether or not we should bet. That's a great question. The thing is, you would assume if we, Bad Zikowski, if he had like the nut flush draw on the flop, he would probably just shove it and not click it back, right? You would think, but I, he, would think I wouldn't that. think there's a clickback range. No, me either. It's confusing and weird. Yeah. And, you know, the solver does not agree with us in this one at Actually, all. Actually, the solver's all over the place. Like, depending on which ace jack you have, it has him betting anywhere between 15 and 70% of the time. Um, well, actually, it's different now. So, so, so we, we, made, we, were running, we ran this over one way, and then we made a few changes, and it's actually now giving a slightly different number. So I'm going to give you the real-time okay. update, actually. So Ace, Ace of Diamonds Jack X is supposed to bet between 56% of the time and 62% of the time. It's picking. There's three different numbers in there. It's 50, you know, 56, 58, 62. Okay. So, so it basically wants him to bet this hand. When it's, not a, when it's just every other Ace Jack, it's betting 55% of the time. So it hmm. actually likes a bet mostly, and it, it likes a small bet, not a shove. Interesting. Yeah, it wants him to bet uh, 200K here on the river rather than go all in. All in is an option for it. It almost never cho- it chooses that less than 1% of the time. But it chooses the small bet way, way, way over the check. Not way over, but over the check. I should, checking is still like 43%. I guess the small bet 
is then so it's designed to try to get called by worst jacks. Yeah, and then like you get to shove the river, and they yeah. just feel like they have to call, I guess. Right, because because that's not going to have the same effect of denying the equity of the draws. The draws are going to continue if you bet the small bet. Yeah. But maybe this is also a way to get money from the draws. Like, if but he's got diamonds and you bet tiny, I guess they could just call. Sure, but from a solver perspective, you're letting the draws win money expected value-wise by betting that amount. Yeah. Like, when they call, they're winning money by that play versus, um, yes. versus an indifferent play or a negative play. No, for that's them. true. No, we're, giving, we're still giving them favorable odds to yeah. call. There's no question about it. Although the board is paired, so it hurts them slightly in that way, but still, of course, you're right. Yeah. Um, I would. I, I feel like I would be checking the majority of the time here if I were Makita. I think I would be checking or shoving. It really wouldn't occur to me to bet tiny, and I think I'd be checking also. Yeah. But yeah, so the solver's like, no, I don't like that. I like a bet. But, so not, interesting. but not in an extreme way. It's like just over half. That's true. No, you're right. And Makita decides to check. So yeah. that, that made sense to me when Makita decided to check. I thought that was a prudent it seem, decision. It seems standard to me too. Another standard thing that people who are typically good at life do is use the link in the description when they sign up for nitrogen sports poker room. Yeah. That's what the good at life people do. Yeah. You know, like Bill Gates, he probably used that link. Is he good at life or is he good at the economics of life, which is really why you're going to nitrogen. You want to make that money, make that. And when you make scratch Skrilla, you want them to pay you like a thriller, which means fast. Mm. Speedy, because that's that's what they do. It's a Bitcoin only site, and uh, it's also got sports gambling and casino games. It's fun. It's good, and as I mentioned, they give you your money fast, which other Bitcoin sites don't really do. We've no, experienced don't. that where it takes three or four days. We're you know we're just waiting around for this mythical wall of money to come towards us so slowly. Why is it so slow, Jonathan? Um, it's because they don't have a give me that cheddar button like oh. uh, nitrogen has. Oh, okay. I <laughs> see. Well, anyway, give nitrogen, me my damn cheddar. Nitrogen gives you your Bitcoin in 90 minutes. Oh, that's the other reason. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's lightning fast. It is industry leading by by a lot, by by many, many, many hours. And when I say hours, I mean days. It's days, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous that the other guys make you wait. There's yeah. no no purpose to that. It can they only benefit suck. them. They're doing something. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I'm suspicious. Yeah. It's shady. It's not okay. Give me my damn money. It's my money. You know? That's right. Yeah. And that's what nitrogen does. Yeah. So get on nitrogen, get you some poker, have you a little bit of fun. Yeah. Bling, bling. Blam. Yeah. I feel like just making a bunch of noises for the rest of the podcast. What do you think? Instead of the rest of the hand? I mean, the rest of the hand is pretty fascinating. Uh, but bleep, 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 bleep. You do make a fair <laughs> counter argument, but yeah. I'm going to stay with the rest of the hand is really interesting. I think we should, I think we should continue on this. It's a fascinating river. It is. I agree. Okay. I, I love watching guys like this play. It's just fun. All mm-hmm. right. So still 770K in the stack of Makita Badzikowski, still 1.03 million in the pot. King, uh, King was the turn, excuse me. It was a Jack 7-7, two diamond flop. The non-diamond king on the turn, filling up Mateos' king seven. And now the river is the nine of spades, mm-hmm. which doesn't often affect anything. I mean, eight ten got there if, if a player had eight ten. Queen ten got there if a player could somehow have queen ten. I guess queen ten of diamonds. That's it, yeah. Yeah. But you'd think Makita would have probably bet that on the turn most of the time. Um, yeah, you'd think that. Um, although queen ten of diamonds isn't a problem, of course, I'm, oh, you're saying from Adrian's point of view to get value? Yeah, obviously, yeah. Okay, because obviously he's beating Queen Ten of Diamonds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 
should the the big question here for Adrian is now that it's gone check check on the turn, does he have free license to bet and try to get the money that way, or should he check and hope that Makita bets? Right. Okay. So if we're checking, we're checking to try and get the draws to shove. Yes. If we're betting, we're betting to try and get called by a seven or a jack or something like that, or maybe even a king. That it he would turned. just be so shocking to me if Makita didn't bet a seven on the turn. I agree. Um. So it's but the whole hand is played out weird. So yeah. I feel like. I am shocked by this hand. Right. Um, the question is, can we get value from a jack if we, if we move him in? This jack, I think we can. But in general, hard to know. Right? Is he going to call with all his jack? Is he calling with jack 10? Is he calling with jack 8? Right. And Makita's going to have to call with something that he took this line with. Yeah. And uh, ace jack probably near the top of, of that range as I far as current value. Assume so. I guess he probably has a little bit of king x of diamonds which he might check back the turn to, to bluff catch the river. He probably has king-king, which he might check back the yeah. turn with, too, when he has such a small stack to right. But ace-jack would still be pretty high up there. Agreed. And Adrian clearly still has plenty of draws in his range that he could turn into a bluff. So I think we can expect to get called by jacks a reasonable amount as Adrian. The question is, can we put him on a jack based on the flop play? I feel like the, the bigger question even than that is, will a jack bet if we check to it? Like... King King is going to bet any. Oh, by the way, we lose to King King, but we're going to lose all our chips to King King no matter how, no matter what we decide, right? But like, if Adrian has Ace Jack and we check, will he bet? If he has Jack Eight, will he? If if we check, is he going to bet his Jacks? If he's going to bet his Jacks, maybe we should be checking. I mean, I don't see a, any value really for Makita to bet a Jack with a weak kicker. It's hard to come up like, with that. Queen, I agree. Queen Jack and worse. I I really don't see any value yeah. in betting at all. We don't really have any pocket pairs as Adrian that we could find a call with. So we ha- either have. Jacks that chop or better yeah. for, for hands that can call, right? Yeah, so I could understand maybe he bets ace-jack if he gets ambitious, but right. I'm not expecting, as Adrian, for Makita to bet ace-jack. or uh, Queen-jack. Jack. Queen-jack and worse. Yeah. Right, because Queen-jack just chops with all the jacks. Yeah. Adrian's going to probably find a call. Right. Right. Okay, so that is so that cuts down on some of the value that he might have. Although, again, this line that he took on the flop is so weird, it may be hard to figure out where he, what he might have anyway. But maybe that means we have to check to give him some room to fire away. I don't know. When he checks back on the turn, I, I put him on showdown value more than I put him on fire away hands. King X of diamonds that didn't shove the flop. King X of diamonds is going to call if we bet. Yep. So I prefer a bet against that hand. Just in- I'm just trying to think of hands that can, that can bet, though. You know, like it's just there's not much. So that, so you're that, leaning- he che- that he checks the turn with that. You know what I mean? So that- you're leaning towards Mateo should bet. I'm no, I'm actually leaning the other way. I'm thinking maybe Mateo should check because I'm afraid there isn't much value there. Much strong showdownable value there. That, that can Nikita actually call. has? Yeah. Okay, but you just said it a different way. You said that you don't expect him to bet with much strong stuff. Right. So that's confusing to me and to the audience. That's a fair point. I am myself confused. <laughs> okay. Uh let's let's take a step back and try that again, okay? So so the question is, is Makita have enough hands? If Makita's not going to bet many of his hands, then we need, to, we need to think, does he have hands he can call with, right? Right. Um, is he going to call with his jacks if we bet? I think we have a lot better chance of getting his weak jacks to call than getting a bet out of those hands. I agree. I agree. So that's, that's in favor that's of in betting. That's in favor of betting. Yeah. Um, clearly, if he has a draw, the only way to get money is to check. Right. But I don't think he has as many draws as he has made hands because he checked the turn. Right. And didn't just shove the flop. Yeah. It seems unlikely. And we have the king of diamonds in our right. hand, by the way. Okay, that's good reason. I think that means maybe he can have some jacks here that he can 
a call with. That he would not necessarily bet. Yeah. And the King X of Diamonds hands are negligible because he's well, going to call with those. We have the King of Diamonds. Oh, we do. Hands. Right. That's not possible. Yeah. So the random kings that he could have for whatever reason. It's hard to come up with many, but maybe he's yeah, got a few. He's going to call with those, but he's also going to shove with those or, or bet them at least. So mm-hmm. that doesn't really matter in, as far as how we calculate whether we should bet or check as Adrian. Yeah. So yeah, I think I like a bet because of the weak jacks that the Makita might, I would think likely would check back and would also consider calling with if we shove. Also, like if we're ever going to bet this river, which we want to be able to do sometimes with our range, we have to bet with our very strong hands. And this is, this is one of the, this may be the strongest hand we can show up with actually. actually, This I think is the best hand we can show up with. That's, that is possible. This is literally the top of our range. Yeah. So that's a really good reason. To, yep. to just move him in here. I right? feel strongly that we should do that. Yeah. So does the solver. Yes. The solver. It wants him to bet 99.5% of the time, and it wants him to bet all in, which is you know only 77% of the stack. Yeah. And it, it believes, uh, the solver believes that the expected value of all in is worth 174K more than a small bet, like a 200K bet. Yeah. But it actually only thinks it's worth 25K more than checking. Right. So it thinks the check is not that different from an EV point of view. It's kind of interesting. So that, that, speaks, the to the, that speaks to the range and where King 7 falls in Adrian's range, I believe, because the solver is choosing that percentage based on balance more than expected value. Mm-hmm. Expected value is a different calculation. Mm-hmm. So because Adrian has the top of his range and wants to have bluffs, it probably, that's probably why it wants him to bet so frequently. Yeah, right. That's probably right. Yeah. So I want him to bet too. Yeah, yeah. it would be weird not to bet, in my opinion. Instead, Adrian checks. Woohoo! What a sick, sick puppy. I mean, it's very strange, right? You'd, ex- you'd really think that Makita has a showdownable hand, and I mean, you just don't want him to check back. What hand, though? I mean, it's so hard to come up with an actual reasonable hand here. Well, you have to put him on sometimes three-betting a jack on the flop, which is tough. Okay. I mean, cool. Well, but, but then if, if we can put him he, on that, can we put him on three-betting a lot of other weird shit, too? Yeah, like a draw. But then he has the added thing of not betting the turn, which you would really expect him to do if he had a draw. Yep. Really expect him to do. Anyway, let's get to another interesting question here. Yeah. Now that Adrian is checked. Okay. Should Makita go for value with ace jack on yes, this board? Yes, that is the question. Well, it's... Okay, I'm sitting in Makita's shoes. Adrian just checked again. It's hard to put him on a seven. It's hard to put him on a king. I would think he'd yeah. usually bet those. Okay, I think we should bet ace jack. Let's try and get called by worse jack. Should we go all in or should we bet small? I think we should go all in. That feels right to me. We're short anyway. We have less than a pot. If we're trying to get called by Jack X, Jack 10 or something like that, mostly that hand is bluff catching, right? So we should bring the full force of the, uh, yeah, the Army and Navy and Air Force and Marines and fire them all at once. You and know, to Space make it, Force. And Space Force, soon, soon to be Space Force, um, to try and make it look like, you know, please go away. If we bet 250K, I think we're getting called either way, in fairness. But first of all, I think we could call well, we're definitely getting. We're definitely getting money in against Adrian's actual hand, but we're talking about if Adrian right. has a weaker jack. No, 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 I know. I'm saying, yeah. I, th- I think if it's Adrian has jack 10, I think if we yeah. bet 250K or if we go all in, we're getting called either way, but we make three times as much by going all yeah, in. Yeah, I, I, I mostly agree with that, yeah. Um, certainly, it's, it's just got to be more profitable to bet all in because um, there just can't be that much of a difference between the frequency of calls if we bet tiny or if we go all in on, in this spot. Quick counterpoint. Go. Because I, I tend to agree with all of your analysis and think that based on Adrian checking twice here, it's very likely that we have the best hand with ace-jack. Yeah. We have the only jack whose kicker plays. It's a pretty sweet spot to try to get called by a jack. Yeah. Is 
the tournament life of Makita Badzikowski worth enough to consider not doing that just to check and, and maintain our 12 blind stack in the case that Adrian is slow playing something or has a speed. Interesting question. Um, it's something we should at least consider. I, my guess is it's not. My guess is it's better to go for the full double. Um, that's my instinct. Okay. Um, because we're still like far-ish from the money anyway. Like We should be trying to accumulate chips. We think we have the best hand. We're against a guy who can absolutely hero call us. That's has, true. Has the willingness to do it. Has the chips to do it. Like... Let's go. I, I feel like I feel like I want to move in here, but I do think that is a fair consideration, a fair question to ask. Yeah. Well, how much is it going to hurt Makita? Uh, sorry, Adrian to call. Adrian only has a little bit more than yeah. we do. That is that is sort of a problem, actually. He'd it be is. left with like two blinds if he calls. He's the kind of guy who's still my hero call, but it it's a tougher call than you know because we're basically ending his tournament. Yeah, he's got to call off here with Jack Ten, trying to like hero it. Yeah, I think it's actually pretty it's, close. That makes it closer. If he had a lot more chips, I'd feel much better about this shove. Yeah. We should probably still go for this thin value, though. Probably. I mean, you can't let these guys not we have to, pay we you have, over time. Exactly. We have to take advantage. We're going to be playing Adrian forever. And we can't, if we give up this spot every time, we're going to lose. Okay. So. That, that's a good point. The, the whole metagame implication yeah. and the, like, over time, we just are, we're making a little bit of chips by, by betting. So yeah. we have to do it against these fields. Yeah. Like against a terrible field, you might value tournament life more and be like, I'll just find a spot where the EV is way in my favor. Right. Yeah. Because like, yeah, you're playing in a, the millionaire maker yeah. and you and Mateos are in this spot and you're like, I'm checking my 12 blinds because I would hate to be wrong and you're not going to call it that much anyway. And the blind and a half that I make or the half a blind that I make by shoving, yeah, I'm sitting at a table it's not worth it. Adrian Mateos and seven Darwin Moons. Let's not, right. let's not screw this up. This other guy is going to call in with, you know, king four off suits, you know, when I shove from, you know, plus two or something like that. Like I can wait for that. That's going to be fine, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not that field. Right. So I think I agree with betting. It's a good question to ask though. And that's what Makita does, except but he wait. doesn't go all in. I know he bets a very strange amount. Why he, out of his seven seventy, he bets 590 K. What it's, is this about? I've really been thinking about that as we've been doing this podcast and I am struggling to come up with a good answer. The only two... Okay, there's two possible answers that make a little bit of sense to me. One is he's trying to give Adrian a little bit more of a stack. So instead of calling off and having two blinds, he gets to call off and have like four or five blinds. And maybe that's a little more convincing to Adrian of like, well, okay. it's not so bad. Um, the only other thing, and this is, in my opinion, absurd, is you do it to induce a shove from a no. bluff. I mean, that's the only other possible reason I can come up with not to just shove it. Yeah, it's I, it's three blinds like you're leaving three blinds back by doing it yep, this way. Exactly. Three blinds. So, yeah, Adrian would have um, seven blinds if he calls this and loses. Yeah. Seven blinds is a little bit workable. And, so, and Adrian's going to be in the small blind, meaning he's going to actually have those seven blinds for the next the whole the whole orbit. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool ish. That's you can come back from seven blinds. I agree. I don't think this is going to work as inducing very often, but that's the only other thing I can... Those are the only two possible reasons. Can you think of anything else? No. I mean, it doesn't work as like saving yourself three blinds to still have a shot in the tournament in the case that you're beat that well because most of the hands that are better than yours that Adrian could have based on the line are going to shove on you, and then you're going to have to make this really weird decision. Maybe, right. I, maybe you could fold to the shove and save the three, three blinds. Yeah, I think and you maybe, can. Maybe that's why... You decide to do it this because you save your three blinds every time you're beat. 
Shouldn't we bet a little less if we're going to do that then? Yeah. Save like, well, maybe bet like 490. Yeah, or 400 even. Yeah, like we could still look like we're trying to fold out the draws or something like that. He's still probably going to call with the jack anyway. But this way, if that's what we're trying to do. But I think we shouldn't be worried about that. I think instead we should be going all in. Yeah. Instead of all this like, well, if I'm beat, I can still be left with four blind, five blinds. It's like, let's go on and, and maximize value against Adrian if we're, if we're going to bet at all. It's right. okay to check, by the way. If instead, I like checking way better than this better. It might, it might be a metagame thing, actually. Yeah. Because if we were doing this analysis and Makita had, let's say, ace-10 of diamonds. Okay. So he's clearly bluffing. Right. Like, there's no value to be had with ace-10 of diamonds here, right? So No. If he, we might say, oh, this is kind of cool because he saves himself three blinds if he gets called and he's going to get called with similar frequency versus all-in. Right. So there could be that metagame impact of of keeping that, right. that play alive. Okay. Which makes a little bit of sense to me. That does. I mean, he can't really... Ace of Diamonds is not the best example because he's almost never going to show up with that hand. But your point is still remains the same yeah. for sure, right? So I think um, that, that makes it okay. Okay. That is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Still want to leave myself just a little bit more wiggle yeah. room here than three blinds I get if it. I can. I get it. Because, um, yeah, if Adrian checks shoves, like we're just like we're just beat every time, right? Yeah. It's funny I should say that. Because, of course, Adrian check shoves. Of course he does, because he's got the full house. All right, so now, now it's a what-the-hell spot for by, Makita. By the way, the solver, we didn't talk about this. The solver likes a check here with, the ace, jack, with the ace of diamonds um, about 69% of the time. Although it does think the expected value is similar to the bet size that mm. Makita chose. Yeah. Like almost negligible. Fair enough. Difference in expected value. So I guess maybe the... Maybe we're wrong when, when saying we need to bet ace jack as far as like making money over time against these right, guys. Right, right. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, we're here. He bets. He gets shoved on. It is now an absurd price that he's getting. And it's weird because he doesn't have the ace 10 of diamonds, right? He doesn't have a, a hand that's in, a clear <laughs> nothing hand. He has a hand that he did bet for value. Right. Yeah. And he's getting now 13.2 to 1. I mean, that's a pretty good number. That's a good price. But let me ask you a question. Is Adrian bluffing one of every 14.2 times? Because if he isn't, we should fold. I have no idea. I would yeah. guess probably not when you're going to give your opponent 13.2 to one. I would guess not as well, especially when your opponent three bet the flop and bets almost all his stack on the river. Right. I would guess that Adrian can't be bluffing that off. So you think this is a clear fold for Makita? I do. I do. I think it sucks. I think... But I think it's a clear fold. I think mostly I agree with you, but like... I would definitely get in my own head of like, this is the type of guy who's going to take it to the next level at some point. If this is that time, it's going to be the worst that he like sh- is showing up with the queen, <laughs> the queen ten of diamonds here. I mean, I hear or, all not that. Not the queen ten, excuse me. No, that's no, a bad I, example, yeah. but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, the draw that missed, whatever. Yeah. Um, he turns nine ten into a bluff on yeah. them because he blacks nines full right. and whatever his straight missed. Um, I hear all that, but like, it's okay if this is the time when he's doing it and you fold. As long as he isn't doing this with any regularity, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, you can't know if they're actually doing it right now in poker. Like, the cards are face down. So all you can do is go on frequency. And if, if we think, like, Adrian's, like, literally never made this play, and neither has anyone else, pretty much, and the history of the world, who's of the, of the elite players, when the elite yeah. players are playing, and someone finally does it, because eventually someone's going to do it. It's going to happen, and it's going to be suggested to us so many times. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, but, like... It's okay to fold and be wrong in that instance. You know, it's like, okay, like, 
this is why the guy moved in, right? Because it looks super strong and someone finally had the balls to do it. But like everyone's afraid to do it because it feels like, how could this work? And guess what? It wouldn't have worked because Makita does find a call. Makita finds a call. And now, he's out of the tournament. Right. Instead of like having three blinds and having, you know, six hands yeah. dealt to him, he's out of the tournament. And the solver actually likes the call. Yeah. Wants him to call 85% of the time. If he didn't have the Ace of Diamonds, it would want him to call 95% of the time. But let's remember, the solver is always going to be balanced. Right. So the solver is like, well, I do have bluffs here. Yeah. I have to have bluffs here. Right. And so assuming that the solver is assuming that Adrian is balanced, which we don't believe he is. No. I mean, Adrian is a sicko and shows up with all these crazy things, but this would be a play we we literally have never seen anyone make. Yeah. I really think it it should be a fold because... I mean, there will be a time when that this may is going to happen. It's going to flip. You know? I think it's going to happen in this. Uh, we're getting to the point where it's going to happen kind of soon. We're, the fact that we're talking about it is almost evidence that it's going to happen. Because if we're thinking about it, that means they're all thinking. Of about course. It. And we see more and more of these types of bets that Makita made on the river where yeah. people leave themselves a little bit, whether or not they have it. So as, as a response to that, we're going to have to start seeing this happen. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to bluff because they're going to get the greatest price in the world to do it. And they're up against a guy who they know can find that fold. Yeah. And they're going to sit back and like, boy, I sure hope this works. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be legendary if it does. And, you know, it's, it's, it'll be cool if it does. Like, yeah. And it will at some point. And it will work. And it's okay if it works. This is, this is my point. It's okay to be the guy that it works against even, you know, the first time. Right. Because it's never happened as far as we know, which means you're making money every time you fold. Because trying to be like, well, this might be the one time it happens is like a losing mentality, I think, in poker. You know, like they might be bluffing me. It's like you need more than that. You need like a really good reason why the person's bluffing you or to be getting, you know, the world's greatest price in a spot where their range isn't completely nutted. Yeah. You know, right now in this spot, still their range is completely nutted. It just is the case, right? Yep. Apparently, Eric Lindgren did this to Dan Negreanu. Oh, yeah, that's right. This was years ago, yeah. right? Because they had this whole discussion about, like, no one's ever bluffing here. And Lindgren bluffed Negreanu doing this exact thing. And Negreanu folded, referenced the conversation, like, well, but no one's ever bluffing here. And then Lindgren turned his cards over and actually bluffed. He but, also bluffed all of his one-drop investors. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you say bluffed, you mean he just did not cash? Or did he lie to them? I... Um, I don't know. Okay, he probably just didn't. <laughs> didn't didn't cash. cash. Okay, just making sure. Um, poor Eric Lindgren. Or really, poor everybody else. Yeah, poor who everybody who's, who's like he's indebted to and yeah, hasn't enough. gotten their money. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's really okay. Like, trying to, trying to be the pick up. This is the one time in a thousand I think that, you know, this bluff is going to happen eventually. And so that means I have to call because it could be the case is a losing mentality, right? It's got to be this bluff happens enough that I can call right here and, and print money. Yeah. Otherwise, you should be folding. And I think that's a really important distinction. Yeah, I think if you, if you want to be the guy who, who is the first to call this and like the first time this happens and be mm. the guy who calls, you should have a seven, which like doesn't actually beat any of the value that Mateos would play this way. Like seven, eight would, would certainly be losing to Mateos's value, but at least you block the super strong value. You might even be able to make up how like I'm chopping once in a while with this, with the Maybe. seven, eight, you know, like where, because, because it went check, check on the turning because everyone's so short and all that. Yeah. And Mateo, you can see Mateo's being like, well, just in case you have aces, just in case you have like King Jack, I want to make sure I get the last three blinds. It's not a big deal if I'm wrong. It's only three right. blinds, but I want to try and get all of it. You know, like you could talk yourself into it. I mean, you do block, I mean, Jack's full, but that's not an issue. Mateos, Mateos, Mateos never Jack's, has that. Yeah. Right. You, three bets, three flop. Right. Certainly. Yeah, well, that was a fascinating hand. Wow. That hand is really something. That was a brain burner. Yeah. You 
music is my sunlight And all I need is one mic And I can show every single MC how it's done right Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not We got one life And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne I'm gonna be traveling the globe We still have time to make it